podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike. Uh, the Fin Fans Podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. Hey everyone, it's Wednesday and I'm here tonight with uh, Louis Fergoni. Hey Dolphins, how are you? I bet they're good. How are you, Lou? I am doing better by the day. The closer we get to the draft, the better I'm feeling. Only eight days to go, right? Yep. Getting very, very excited about this doggone thing and I'm glad it's almost here. We're we're what? What'd you say? A week away? Yeah. yeah a week from yeah, tomorrow, right? Yeah, Today's Wednesday. Exactly. A week yes. from tomorrow. So awesome. 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 Gotta all people want to talk about is the draft of the virus. There's there's nothing else happening on earth. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> that's pretty accurate, right? There isn't a lot happening out that's there it. these days. Uh, you know, you've got, you've got something that's going to excite some people. I mean, there's just, there isn't a lot going on out there, Mike, and th- this is going to bring a lot of excitement to a lot of people. I'm sure it will, uh, at least football fans anyway. And to you guys listening, I, I hope that everybody is doing okay. And, uh, you know, I mean, the virus hasn't put too much of a hurt on their family, either financially or health-wise or, or whatever. Yes, absolutely. It's it's really, really a tragic time, but we'll get through it. Or hopefully, you know, they're starting to see some regression in it, and hopefully what we're doing is working. Mm-hmm. Well, they've got to put, yeah, they've got to definitely put, you know, mandate some things. And, uh, you know, if people start listening to what we're supposed to be doing, it'll clear up a lot quicker, you know. Yeah. Yep. So anyway. All right. So. You know, you you look at the draft, and and there are so many different fascinating angles you can take when near the Dolphins. Uh, what happens, Lou, if if they decide at five that the medical on Tua is just not something they want to gamble on, and uh, they really don't like Herbert as much as it's rumored that they do, and they decide maybe to take a position player? What do you think happens then? Who do you think they would look at? Well, I mean, what I would love them to do is look at a tackle, obviously. I think that's that's a big weakness on the team, and it, it, it has to be addressed. Um, I mean, it's not a fancy-smancy pick there at number five, but you know, you need these type of players on your team. You need you need guys that are going to be able to block, uh, protect your quarterback, block for your running backs. Um, you know, it, it, you just need a dominant player across that offensive line. To me, it seems like once you get that type of player, all the other pieces seem to fall into place. And, and I, I swear it's been like that through history, where you get just an incredibly solid offensive line, maybe, you know, offensive lineman at that left tackle position. And then all of a sudden, everything else just seems to fall into place for the most part. So that's our biggest need right now. I mean, we've talked in previous podcasts in regard to how the defense was addressed through free agency. So at this point, now you're looking on the offensive side. I mean, can we use some more pieces on the defensive side? Absolutely. But um, our most glaring need, and I think you'll agree with that, is is the offensive tackle. Are you, are you in agreement on that? Well, yes, yes. But, yeah, I'm not necessarily – if it's me, 
the best tackle at that point in the draft is probably going to be Andrew Thomas. Uh, and, and of course, I'm guessing. I mean, it could be one of the other guys that are actually ranked a little lower, uh, Tristan Wirfs or, or any number of them. There's, there's four that are going to go pretty early in this draft. Right. Wirfs, uh, before we move on, yep. Mike, let's talk a little bit about Wirfs, okay? Okay. He's, He's got seven, he's six foot seven and 364 pounds. And he's got 17% body fat on him. I mean, this guy is an absolute beast of, of, a, of a man. And um, boy, I'll tell you what, they say he moves for a big guy that size, he moves extremely well. So I have him rated at times as the fourth best tackle in this draft. And you mentioned Thomas and, you know, um, Becton's up there and Willis is up there as well. But you've got four guys here that could potentially be extremely, extremely good linemen. Man, oh man, at number five, even if one's off the board, you know, I I don't think you can really go wrong with a tackle right there. Well, the guy that has my eye, okay, is Isaiah Uh Simmons. And that that is a defensive player. He is just so versatile. I mean, this kid played wide receiver and defensive back in college. I mean, in high school. Mm-hmm. In college, he's played just about anywhere. He's played in the slot. He's played linebacker. He's played safety. Yes. Um, and he's he's fierce. I mean, he is an athlete. <laughs> uh, one of the positives on him here that I'm reading is, is whatever is beyond elite athletically, that's him. Yes. Okay. He, he's incredible. He's an incredible. Mike. Go ahead, finish, and then I'll, well, I'll give you my, my thoughts. my thought is that, that he really completes the back seven of the defense if they were to pick him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would just be a phenomenal player that can really help them do whatever they want to do on defense. Yeah. Uh, it would be a, a fabulous draft selection for this particular team and the way they want to run their defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, you know, Fitzpatrick plus some. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously, I'm prognosticating a little bit there, but uh, he's a, he's as close to a can't miss player as you're going to get. Absolutely. So he's really somebody that that attracts my eye because Flores is a defensive coach, and and because I really believe this is what they're missing. Uh, he's what every team is missing, really, because not too many players can do what he does uh, and do it well. I mean, he performs well at wherever you put him, and, and there, it's hard to find a player like that. But if I was going to go tackle, uh, because we're still going to need a tackle, if I, if I were to do that, then I think you're, you're packaging some sort of trade back up into the round to get a tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, you'd have to trade with a team that doesn't need a tackle because these tackles are going. So they would have to move back up. Um, so that would cost them some draft equity. Now, is that worth it? I don't know. You know, that that's something that they would have to decide. Exactly. That's the big question. Uh, it, you know, there, the guy's an extremely, extremely good football player, and he may not be there, Mike, when the time comes. He may not. I mean, he may not. You know, honestly, um, you know, you look at who's in front of us right now. Okay, you know, the Giants need defense, right? Yep. Uh, the Redskins need defense. Well, one of them is taking Chase Young, right? I, I know the Giants need a tackle, don't they? Yeah, the, the the Giants definitely need offensive line help as well. There's no question about it. So, I mean, you can see them going either way. It just depends on what happens in front. So you've got basically, you know, you've got Burroughs probably off the board to the Bengals unless uh, somebody trades up and, and takes them. Um, past that, you who do you have next? You have the Redskins, 
Are the Redskins up next yes, on yes, the board? Yes. I mean, you know, you can very well see Simmons going there, Mike. And that's, you know, that that's that's the big question because I, I truly believe that, you know, when I looked at this, I felt that he was going to be off the board by the time we drafted. Oh, well, I could see that, but I think most people project uh, Chase Young at that spot. Yeah, I mean, Young... Slightly higher graded player. Right, and, and what I should have said was I, I can see Young going going to Washington and then Simmons going to the Giants if they don't draft a lineman. Now, he could be there, Mike. And depending on what these teams do in front of us is is basically where we'll probably go. Because if Simmons is on the board, Mike, and a tackle is gone already, maybe the tackle that they truly loved, right? they could very well draft Simmons. There's no question about it. I mean, if they're not going to draft tackle, let me put it to you this way. If they're not going to draft a tackle at that position, then that would definitely be the guy that I would want them to take at number five. I'm I'm on the same page with you in regard to that. I mean, definitely. I don't think there's another guy on the board if you're not going quarterback that you can honestly that say excites is, you. that, yes. that it excites you above and beyond. I mean, the tackles, you know, they excite me because, you know, we may have a semblance of blocking next year, you know, for the quarterback and for the running backs. And so that somewhat excites you. But a guy like Simmons, I mean, he may just take your defense over the top. He you know, he's it, that type he of player. He takes it to the next level. He it, does. Exactly. You get a dominant football player. In, in this kid, and um, I mean, wow. he's, a, he's a kid you can put in the slot and you can blitz him. You know what I mean? There's a right. lot of things you can do with him that's really going to keep the de- the offense concerned with where he is and what he's doing. Exactly. You know, we talk about it all the time. You know, we, we need playmakers, and this is a guy who's going to cause confusion on the offense, and that's that's what you need. Mm-hmm. You know, but look, if if, the, if they bypass him and take a tackle, I'm I'm fine with that. If they bypass the tackle and him and take Tua, I'm fine with that. They take Herbert, I may not be quite as fine with that, but, you know, we'll see how the kid does. Right. If you don't see a tackle, Mike, drafted up to our point, um, you know, there, there there's there's also this option. You know, they may feel that, well, you know, we come back at 18 and we right. can always move up and, and grab a tackle if, well, that's if, what I said, yes. if need be. Exactly. Right. So there is that option. Um, and you take Simmons right there. I mean, it, it would surprise me because of the amount, uh, the amount of players they brought in on the defensive side. But if you got this kid sitting there, I mean, <laughs> I'll tell you what, it, it's extremely tempting, you know, regardless. I mean, I know what our needs are and you know, tackle need, like I said earlier, is is, is the biggest need on the team. But, uh, you know, it's going to be awfully hard to pass up that kid if he's still sitting there. Well, we got five. a safety that excites you. You've got Rowe, who really is a project. I mean, he played okay there. I'm not going to say he didn't, but he certainly wasn't an impact player. Right. Uh, you know, and that's that's where they project this kid, either, either safety or outside linebacker, depending mm-hmm. on where you want to put him. Right. I mean, do they have to put a label on his position, Mike? No, I don't Pro- think they do. Right, exactly. I mean, you know, you plug him in, you let him do a lot of different things. Um, you know, this is what New England loves to do. And Flores coming from that coaching staff, mm-hmm. I, this guy fits into your, you know, into your system. Just think of our defense the last 20 years. I mean, there wasn't a tight end we could stop. Right. Okay. This kid stops tight ends. Right. He, he's, like I said, if he's there, 
I mean, you almost have to take him over the offensive tackles. I mean, Mike, like I said, they're, they're, we're four deep. I think all four of these guys will be first-round picks. And yep. one of them could be there at 18. So you get Simmons, you come back, and maybe you get one of these guys at 18. If you have to move up a few slots because you're worried somebody's going to draft them in front of you, then you maybe give up a second-rounder. Or, or you wait and you try and take McKinney later in the in the round, you know, who's uh, another safety who is highly graded, but he's not quite as versatile. As no, I, I think this kid's above and beyond everybody yeah. else, Mike. Yeah. There's no question about that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, as yep. far as the quarterbacks, uh, you have you become a Herbert fan? Uh, Mike, I'm not a fan of anybody until I physically see them playing in NFL <laughs> I know you football say games, that. And, and and you know, it's just so hard with the quarterbacks. I mean. You it know, really is. It, it really is because it has to translate. It and it doesn't. I mean, I, I mean, I, we we've talked about this until we're blue in the face. And you know, you just look at guys that are that are already moving on that were drafted just a few years back. Guys like Mariota. Uh, you know, he's he's not. He's not there. He wasn't the answer. Tannehill's now playing. And these, you know, Trubisky is now, you know, he's now got competition in Chicago. He was just drafted a few years ago. Mayfield, they're not overly thrilled with in Cleveland. It, it it's it's a hit and miss thing with these doggone quarterbacks, and it is at every position. But the quarterback, you know, position is always going to be more under the a, microscope. It's such a hard position to master. You know, the speed of the game is faster in the pros. Yes. And, and they have to be fast mentally, you know, not just physically, but also mentally. Right. And uh, some kids can do it. They have that great vision and mm-hmm. some kids can't. They just don't have that vision and it takes them longer to process. Uh, if they ever process it, Mike, um, yep. they, they, you know, there, there's a difference between processing it and mastering it. Yes. And you look at the guys like Breeze and people like that. They, they Manning. Peyton, man, they've mastered it. Period. Yep. They, yep. you know, you go through all the great quarterbacks around the NF, you know, or over the years, the guys like Marino and Elway, and you know, they all mastered it. Favre, you know, all yep. those type of Rogers. guys understood <laughs> it, right? Aaron Rodgers. All, all the good quarterbacks, you know, the really good quarterbacks have mastered it. That's how. That's why they're good because they can. They can see the field, and it's clear to them. You know, they know exactly what's happening. They know exactly what the defense is doing, and they know how to take advantage of it quickly. Exactly. And, uh, you know, the, the point is this, is that with the quarterback position, and, you know, it, as we're talking about this type of player, Mike, Tua is that is, type I was going to say the same thing. You took the words out of my mouth. I mean, he, he is that type of player, and that's what he brings to the table. Uh, everything he's shown us up to this point, Shows us that he's very quick that, to process, but very that's, quick to, he understands the level game. of football. Once they slow, get to the pros, it's a little harder. There's no question about it. It is harder, but I think that he's a guy that if he's healthy, he can master it. He oh, can be that type yeah, of football everybody player. believes that, or he wouldn't right. be so highly touted with the injury he had. I mean, it's still projecting him, you know, third, fourth, fifth pick. Yep. So, and, and the great thing about all this, Mike, and all this talk is that there's only four guys that can go in front of us. So at some point, we're, we're going to land one of these guys that we're right. talking about, whether it be Tua Simmons, uh, one of the offensive tackles. One of those guys is going to be there for us. And yep. um, I don't really want them trading down 
uh, at that point because I think that no, there's, there's a, no point to trade down. I, so what, what's the advantage to it? You've got plenty of picks, so what else do you get? Exactly, and I know there's been talk about that. And, you the know, if only way gone, I could see it is if they're not enthused with a quarterback and they decide that they'd like to pick up another first next year. Right, and which is which is interesting. You know, if they were to do that, I mean, but you don't you don't want to you don't want to give up a number five pick in the draft, Mike. I agree with you. You know, to because you don't know what's going to happen next year. You have no clue. I yep. mean, and you don't know where that pick's going to be. I mean, they're going to get a stud player there. If they're smart and they've done their homework, they're going to get a stud. They're going to get the type of guy that I talk about all the time. We need playmakers on both well, sides would of the you, Would you rather have Andrew Thomas or uh, Trevor Lawrence? I mean, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Mike, the chances of us – Getting Trevor Lawrence is is slim to none. In I agree. all honesty, I don't see. I, it I've happening. said the same thing to a lot of people, and they don't they don't hear it. So I mean, I'm just know, playing that card, you know. Yes. Let's say they're right, and we can package a bunch of deals and and move up to get them, which is remote because usually the teams that finish with the worst record in the league need a quarterback. Just Unless how it usually Cincinnati. works. I right. mean, since I could see Cincinnati being in the bottom tier again next year, so they may not need one. But right. you're right. I mean, there's. You know, who else is going to be down there that's there this year? San Diego, there's a possibility with them, you know, depending on what they do at quarterback. You know, they lost Melvin Gordon, and San Diego's there right now. They could possibly be right back there next year. But, um, you know, we won't be. I don't see – I see us being somewhere around 500. So we're going to be in the middle of the draft. So we're going to have to give up a ton. We're going to have to give up our whole draft to possibly move up, and I don't see it happening. You know, if we're going to move up, Mike, this is the year. If, you know, by next year, uh, you know, we, we won't have all, all these all these draft picks to offer somebody. You know, we have two number ones next year. Great. We can give that second one up. But I don't think it's enough to move up to get Lawrence. There's no way. Yeah, not I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of trying that because, like you said, the odds of you being successful are probably pretty slim. Agreed. Uh, we can't eat. We're at five, and we're having trouble moving up to one now. So, <laughs> exactly. You know, right? And, and, and we've got all the assets in the world. If the player there is a valuable player, teams aren't going to want to give him up. Exactly. So anyway, so that's that's how I see it. Now we talked about Thomas. We talked about Worfs. You know, these these are your probably uh, top two tackles. Josh Jones is a guy. Maybe they can get a little bit later in the round, but he's still a beast. You know. Yeah. He's not bad, and neither is Austin Jackson. I mean, yeah. they're both solid players that you could get even early in the second round. Absolutely. I, I mean, Jones is massive. Is it six foot seven? Yes. Another <laughs> well, big, just a big, big man. A big guy, Mike. Here's the thing. Okay, you, you're about now. You're now, now you're six deep. Okay, and you have three picks in the first thirty. What thirty eight picks in the draft? I mean, you have four picks, I should say. Four picks. So if one of these guys is still there going into the second round, or even with our late first rounder, you know, you can still draft a tackle there. I mean, it's going to be – Well, you may may do both. You may draft one early and one late if you can because, I mean, we could certainly upgrade that position on the other side because I don't think anybody is too excited about Davis. No, and then you move Davis inside the guard, and then all of a sudden you're looking at a – you know, a really, really solid offensive right. line. You still got to find a center, though. You Whether do. Whether that's Ruiz in this draft or, or somebody later, you know? Yep. 
I mean, there's there may be a you know there may be a dark horse in the mix in regard to centers. I mean, it's not a very let me tell you this, it's not a very deep uh, center draft. I no, should, it's you know, not. The it's draft's not. not. I mean, you're looking at you know there's a guy out of Michigan named Ruiz, and he's projected to go in the second or third round, and then Cushenberry, who's very very solid as well. I believe he's out of LSU. He's he's projected to be somewhere between late late second to the fourth round as well. Um, and that's where your centers are. You don't have a dominant center coming right. out of this draft. Right. The point of the matter is, is that this, this, well, this, a lot of these centers also play guard. Uh, you know, but they're listed usually at one or the other. And uh, Nick Harris is a center mm-hmm. uh, that that'll be picked probably a little bit later. Right. Matt Hennessy is another one. Mm-hmm. You know, he can play either center or guard. Right. And speaking of guards, Mike, there's not a lot. There's not, there's not a real real solid guard there either, uh, that's projected in the first round. You know the right. first guards are supposed to come off the board in the second or third round. Yep. So you know past the tackle position across that offensive line, there's not a lot of depth there. There just isn't. So you know if you're gonna draft linemen, then you better get one of these guys and possibly two of them real early in this draft. You know. Um, as early as the second round, because they may all go in the first round, all six of these guys we've mentioned. I think that's a good possibility. Yep, I uh, believe so. You know, some of those tackles will fall into the second round, but the top the top four are going in the first round. There, I don't think there's any question about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless they know something that we don't, you know, as far as personality or they fail a drug test or something like that. Yep. Yeah, you heard that they have gotten permission starting next Monday to uh, the coaches can actually do virtual meetings with the players. They'll be able to do that uh, to get the players up to speed on what they're going to be installing and and what have you. Mm -hmm. So that should be interesting. I I wonder how you would even pull that off. Well, I mean, with today's technology, I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, a lot of different avenues they can go down to, to get whatever is necessary. And you know what, Mike? Here's the thing. I mean, maybe maybe this is a blessing because it's giving everybody an awful lot of time. And I mean, it, you know, it, the Dolphins, their personnel, I'm sure they're working 24-7 as it is. But my God, there's not a ton of you know, distractions to take you away from it. And every team's in the same position. So this I think true. I think everybody is going to either overanalyze this whole thing <laughs> or everybody's going to be right on point. So well, I can tell you right now, the fans, including us, are probably overanalyzing it because there isn't a whole lot else to do. Right. It, absolutely. Yep. I mean, it's, you know, they, they've, I'm sure at this point they have a very good idea where they're going to go in this draft, and they're, I'm sure they're speculating on who's going to probably be off the board prior to us to, you know, making our pick, our decision, and um, I'm sure they have a few different plans in place. I mean, they're in a great position, you know. I mean, could it be better? Yes, but at that number five, I mean, you know, depending on what happens in front of us, they're, they're going to get a really, really good football player there. Well, you know, you, you read these these articles, and, uh, you know, you've got this one talking about, you know, it's a reliable source because it's the babysitter or the third cousin of uh, the GM, <laughs> right. uh, you know, and, and they know for sure that he's going to do this out of the other thing. It just gets ridiculous. You know, if you're the Dolphins, who knows how you have the players ranked? Well, Chris Greer does. Marvin Allen probably does. 
and Reggie McKenzie probably does, and Brian Flores probably does. I don't think anybody else knows. So, you know, who would leak that information? You know what I mean? It's silly. It's nonsense. And if they do leak it, Mike... They're leaking it for a reason. It's a smokescreen. That's all it is. They're putting something out there that they want other teams to believe to where, oh, well, you know what? We've heard that they're going this route for sure, blah, 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 this and that. I mean, they may very well leak something out just for that simple purpose. But, you know, like you said, nobody knows what their their thought process is right now. Nobody. We don't. This goes with all the teams. You know, it's not just the Dolphins. They don't leak this stuff unless they want to leak it. There's a method to the madness. Mm -hmm. And uh, nobody knows what anybody's doing except the people that have to know. Exactly. Now, in regard to trades, uh, you know, in, in, that could with, be a little different, right? With Cincinnati involved, there can be things that leak out because you may see, you know, the Dolphins contacting Cincinnati, you know, every other day, and you know, trying to work or another team, San Diego, any of these teams, right? Um, so you can see something like that leaking out. But in regard to who they're looking at and what they're going to, you know, who they're going to select. Yeah, it, well, it, let's it, say so you're, you're the Bengals and you have a couple of teams calling you about a trade. Well, you might mention that, you know, people are really after your pick because what are you trying to do? You're trying mm-hmm. to increase its value. Absolutely. So you want a couple of more teams to get in the act. So you're, you're publicating this for a reason. And, you know, it's like the Dolphins when they said, well, you know, we, we really don't feel like two is the guy we want. Well, wh- why do you think they would say that? <laughs> right. I mean, I don't think they would say that. I, well, I, they, di- they did say that. Now, and Ross, in so many words, said, we just don't trust the medicals. Is that uh, right? Yeah. Okay. He, but he said this a month or two months ago. It right. wasn't like yesterday. I missed uh, it. Yeah. So, you know, why would he say that? Well, he would say that to decrease the, the um, cost that Miami's going to have to pay. That's the only reason you say something like that. You know, if, if, you're, if you make it like you're on after the guy, it's going to cost you more. Simple as that. Exactly. So you, you've got to you got to do things in, in a uh, methodical way. Anyway, it, it never it never really benefits you to let people know what you're going to do. If if anything, you tell them the opposite and uh, hope things break your way. That's all you can hope for is that somehow, some kind of way, things fall into place for you. I mean, there's so much luck involved in the NFL. There really is. I mean, mm-hmm. if you think about it, I mean, look look at New England's. New, New England's path over the last 20 years. Um, yeah. Think about the fact that if Brady's not drafted there, does New England win all those Super Bowls? You know, that, that question. I, you'd have to say no. I mean, you would. You'd have to say no because, you know, logic would tell you that it would be less likely. Exactly. And look at where he was drafted. So you can't, you, you can't sit here and – and talk about the draft and sit there and say, oh, it, it, hands down, this is what we've got to do. There's no such thing. Right. It's, it, it, you can't, there's no way of predicting what path any of these guys are going to take. It's just that simple. And, you know, history's shown us that year in and year out, every well, single I draft. remember we, we took a kid named Yatil Green. Do you remember him? Of course. Absolutely. I mean, everybody was excited. He was a, a great player with the Hurricanes, and uh, the Dolphins drafted him, and 
you know, he got hurt in camp and he was never the same after that. You know, you, you never know what's going to happen. You don't. And some of these guys are absolute busts. Some of them become marginal players in the NFL. And that, that's the quarterback position more than not. That's the situation there to where these guys don't become that phenomenal Hall of Fame football player. They become average to be, a little bit better than average quarterbacks in the All NFL. Right, Lou. So Chris Greer takes a chance and drafts uh, Tunga Bailoa. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you feel like if it didn't work out that Greer would need to be fired? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, they're they're basing their decision on what they've seen out of him through his college career and the reports they are getting from medical people, professional medical people. So if you if you combine those two things and he gets he gets to clear on on his health, then why wouldn't you draft a guy like that? And and if he fails and if he gets hurt, what are you going to do? There's nothing you could do. So no, Greer, absolutely not. He doesn't get fired over that. Now, if we go a step further, Mike, and he drops the bomb on all three number ones this year, and over the next two years they just fail at every turn on these guys that they're drafting. Well, yeah, then, then we've got a problem. A, yeah, you got a complete picture that says there's something wrong. Right, you've got you've got a problem. But you know, if if I'm Greer and I and I do decide to gamble on Tua, then I think I have to put a priority on getting a high caliber backup quarterback. And I think you have one here already. Well, so, you you might. Who do you think it is? I, I like Fitzpatrick. Yeah, but he's going to play this year and be gone. You need one long term. So, you know, uh, I, I understand you're thinking on this year, and that's fine. But I think you need somebody going forward. Well, Mike, we have 14 draft picks in this in this draft. Yep. And if you want to come back and draft another quarterback in the well, second I don't, I don't round, know that that quarterback is out there this year. I mean, he might be. It might be Love or it might be somebody right. later than that. Love, you know, Hurst, uh, any of these guys – that listen, like like I just mentioned, Brady was drafted in the sixth round. Yep. Now I know that's you know that doesn't happen an awful an awful lot, but <laughs> it doesn't happen the, ever except the, once. The the point of the matter is this: is that there there's an ability. Uh, there's guys out there that just become. You, you can get a guy in the second round, Mike, that you can develop behind. Yeah, but to, you're not you're not going to do that though. You don't know what they're going to do. You just don't. I mean, if they do tra- – you just mentioned if they draft Tua, then what do you do, Mike? I mean – ha- I don't know that you do that in the second round. I, I think you have to find somebody later or you have to put it off until next season for the reason that you mentioned. You have Fitzpatrick this year. It's not an urgency. Right. You've got other positions on the team that are urgencies like tackle. I'm with you. Yeah, no, you're probably doing that over a backup quarterback, but it still has to be a priority going forward is what I'm saying. Makes sense? It definitely makes sense. I mean, there's guys, if you look around the NFL, Mike, and you see there's a ton of teams that now have two starting quarterbacks yep. that are going to compete. The Bears did it. You know, Denver, uh, not Denver, um, can't, um God. Indianapolis did it. They've got Rivers. They've got Bissett, I believe, is still on the contract there, right? Yep. Um, there, and there's other teams. There's other teams across the NFL that are doing it. Mariota went over to Oakland, and he's going to compete with Carr. So there, there's options That's out there. That's an interesting battle right there, isn't it? It's a very interesting battle. And, and here's the thing. Um, you know, If you, in fact, do draft Tua, 
you have the luxury of both Rosen and Fitzpatrick because we haven't mentioned right. Rosen either. Well, we, we, we didn't mention him for a reason. I didn't want to get you all fired up. Right. I don't, I don't like to mention him, but the point of the matter is, is that he's a guy that has a lot of, not a lot, but he has NFL starts underneath his belt as well. So we have that luxury. We have a veteran quarterback. We got a young quarterback that has a couple years under his belt. So if you draft Tua, You've got basically two guys that could possibly be in front of him up to the point where he even sees the field. And if he does get hurt, you've got Fitzpatrick to fall back on, and you've got Rosen right behind him to fall back on. Now, I'm not a big fan of Rosen, so obviously that situation, you know, I would hope has to be replaced, whether it be this year or next year, uh, with a guy that I, you know, Go ahead. Maybe he develops. Maybe they're working with him and he is getting better, like they're saying. I don't really believe that he is, but, you know, until we see him, we can't really say. Right. But we do have that luxury, Mike, is what I'm saying. So if you do draft Tua, you're in a position where the guy probably doesn't even need to see see the field this year. And I know people are going to be screaming for him all year (laughs) because they're like, oh, we took a number one and this guy's got Let the guy heal. Let Fitzpatrick do what he does. Now, Fitzpatrick falls on his face through the first half of next season and the guy's just playing absolutely horrendously, then you consider bringing this kid in to play the second half. But what's so wrong with this guy sitting? I mean, Mahomes did it. There's nothing wrong. So so did Marino. Right. Mahomes did it for a year. Well, Marino didn't do it for a full year, Mike. No, but I think it was like five or six games. Right. Yeah, that's uh, a little different. You know, it's five, six games. But yeah, but that was Marino, Lou. <laughs> right, right. No, I got you. And this is Tua, Mike. I mean, yep. you know, it's, so the, the thing is this, is that they have that luxury. They do have that veteran quarterback in place. We all talked about this, me, you, and Jim last week, uh-huh. about feeling comfortable if Fitzpatrick plays the way he played last year, which you can only expect him to play even better because he's going to have better personnel, hopefully, around him. I mean, at that, hopefully, at the, you would think so. So in, in that scenario, you would hope that his play is going to get a little bit better. So we have that luxury, and we don't have a problem with him playing, uh, being our starting quarterback all next year. So you've got a year to develop this guy. And if this guy can't stay healthy or he doesn't prove to be what he was, you've wasted a number five pick on him in the draft, and you move on from it. You know, there's nothing you can do about it. But he, I think he's worth the risk if he's there, Mike. Um you know, I mean, you know, everything that you hear about him and um, everything that you've seen out of him, as long as he gets that bill of health, then then I'm okay with it. Well, I mean, apparently he's gotten it. I mean, all the doctors that he's seen have said he's he's recovered. And, uh, right. you know, the teams have to take these doctors' word for it because it's not the team doctor. It's, you know, to his people and... Uh, independent doctors that, you know, they all picked out or whatever, but it's not the team doctors. Well, I would hope, Mike, that independent doctors are the ones that are checking this guy out because yep. obviously his doctors are going to, you know, they're they're all on Team Tua. I mean, right, so of course. of course they're going to influence you in a way that, you know, this kid gets drafted. I mean, this is, you know, this is huge for him. I mean, yeah. this is his whole life. Yeah. So, um, you know, you need independent doctors and you need the reports that they're giving back. And I'm sure all these NFL teams are doing all kinds of work in regard to this. And, um, you know, if he's healthy, I know he's been banged up before. 
And and obviously the NFL is is a much faster, stronger game than the college game is. But um, you know, uh, you got to take a shot on them. I mean, the, the luxury that we have is that we got two more number ones, and we got two number twos in this draft. So if you yeah. fail there, you know, you got it, a it, chance it, to make up for it. You got a chance to make up for it if you get some stud players later in the first round and. And your two picks in the second round become extremely good football players, and you know, and then next year you come back with two more number ones. Well, so, I still, I still think I'm moving back up into the first round, and I'm taking as good a tackle as I can get. Yeah, I mean, I, I listen. The tackle position is key, and Mike, here's the thing. Okay, so if in fact you do draft Tua, you know, you have to address the offensive line. You have to address the offensive tackle position. Because you need somebody to protect this kid. It's that simple. You know, what becomes interesting is the fact that, uh, you know, the right tackle position at that point becomes more important than the left tackle. I don't subscribe to that theory. You don't? Uh, not, no, I don't. I, I think they're both equally important. And I, I'll tell you why. Go most, ahead. Team, most teams have their best rusher on the blind side. Gotcha. So I, I think that even if, you know, uh, your quarterback is left-handed, your right tackle needs to be a little bit better because obviously they need to protect him. The guy on the left still needs to be good because most teams are designed to be strong there. So, you know, you just you just have to have a solid offensive line regardless, I think. You do. We can't have Jesse Davis playing right tackle, Mike. That's, no, that's or Mark Colombo. Remember Mark Colombo? If two was on the field. <laughs> yeah, I remember Colombo. <laughs> <laughs> We had we had quite a few stiffs over the yes, years. Yes, we I, did. I remember Dell. I, I mean, I don't want to you know knock anybody, but I remember Dellen back um, replacing Richmond Webb in a game when when Webb couldn't go against Buffalo. Yeah, and that, Bruce, he was just overmatched. Bruce yeah. Smith was just destroying him at that. And Dellenbach was not a bad player. He just wasn't a left tackle. He just wasn't a left tackle exactly. But we've had some bad ones over the years. There's no question about it. Last year was. Uh, was pretty rough, you know, this yep. past year. Second half, it got better, but the first half of the season. And Tannehill had some really bad tackles, too, there in a couple of seasons where they just, yep. you know, they just couldn't get it together. So, yep. Well, hopefully they can solve that problem for a while, you know, not just a year or two, but a while because it's been a problem for a long, long time. And I think we're all tired of it. It has. Absolutely, we've got to get we've got to get some better players. I mean, Tunsil and uh, Juwan James were were both pretty solid, but um, you know, depth is important, Mike. And you know, give yeah, you got to have a swing tackle, right? Going back to those, you know, those Tannehill games to where when those guys were out, one or the other. I mean, we just struggled incredibly. So, you know, well, that's what happens when you pay Sue a lot of money. I mean, it hurts your depth. And, you know, I say it over and over, you've got to spend your money smartly. Uh, you've got to be a strong 53-man team or now 55-man team. You, you can't be spending, you know, $25 million at, at a defensive tackle position. It just doesn't make sense for your football team. You've got to spend some of that money on quality depth. Yeah, not unless that guy's changing every single game. That Aaron Donald might be the only one I've seen that's worth that. Right. Yep. You know, he, he impacts the middle of the field. He really does because he pushes the pocket incredibly. But, uh, you know, even, even that's risky. You know, you really you really need depth. That's, that's where the game is won because everybody's getting injuries. Mike, I, I think the NFL's getting to a point where the contracts – did you see the contract McCaffrey got? 
I don't think I did. I know it's a lot, but I, I didn't see it. Well, well, here's the thing. The NFL's going in a direction now with the contracts that are being handed out to where it, I, I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know how they're going to afford to to pay anybody past these top echelon guys. I think we're going to get to a point where these guys are just going to have to restructure contracts and somehow, some kind of way, if they want to be on a winning football team, they're going to have to do something differently because it's just getting ridiculous. I mean, you're going to have, you know, a couple of stars and then you're going to have a bunch of very average or below average players on your football teams. And you're not going to win championships that way. You're just not. Unless you're in a position like the Dolphins are and you have all these young kids and they all come in and they start. They're extremely productive right Early. out of the, right Early, out of the gate. Yes. Right. Right out of the gate. And somehow, some kind of way, you get a championship in before they all start moving on to their second contracts. Yep. That doesn't happen very often. So, it, you know, the, the, the NFL is going to have to get smart. The players are going to have to get smart. They're going to have to do something in regard to these contracts to where they're like, you know what? How much is, is, is enough? And do I want to win a championship or do I just want to, you know, sit pretty for the rest of my life and six years from now – you know, I'm done with football without a championship and I've got all this money in the world. You know, I mean, that's what you got to look at. And these players are just, you know, it's, it's just getting, you know, the agents and the players are just contracts are getting out of control. They really yeah, are. I, I think it's a case by case situation. You know, some guys have plenty of money. Other guys, you know, this is their first big contract and they want it, you know. And 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 rightfully so, Mike. I mean, they should they should be able to get that kind of money. But they're over the top. The contracts- Oh, yeah. Everybody wants to be the highest paid at their position. And that's right. kind of what bugs me because that hurts everybody. Right. I mean, listen, if we got one contract, Mike, for $18 million, uh, a year, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, even if we got a contract for five, six, seven million a year for two, three years, I mean, I, I think I could live off of that the rest of my life. I mean, I'm doing it. You know, I made a million dollars over the life of my my 25 year career with the sheriff's office, and I'm living off of that right now. So these guys have to sit there and look at it and say, how much money do I really need in life? Honestly, how much do you need? You know, and it, it's getting to a point where it's like, you know, 18 million a year for cornerbacks. I mean, we did it and, and I'm and I'm happy we did it. But, you know, it, it, it's it's crazy. It's just getting to a point where, you know, we don't even, you know, we, we're just numb to it as fans. You know, it's like, oh, $18 million a year. Well, the guy's one of the best cornerbacks in football. Yeah, just pay the man. $18 <laughs> million a year. And how many years did they give him? What was it, three or two? I think so. I think it's three. Yeah, I mean, it's like, wow, that's incredible. Just yeah. absolutely incredible. Well, Lou, it's a, it's a money game. And, you know, it doesn't matter if he's the owners, he's the players. It's all about the money. That's just the way it is. And and I and I totally get it. And I, I get the argument that people throw at you, Mike, where, well, their careers are short. Okay, well, I, I don't. I wouldn't mind a, a short career working for five or six years. And, well, you got and, guys walking away from the game now in their 20s. Right, exactly. And, and the point is this, is that, I understand that their careers are short, and I understand that they got to make some kind of money. But you know, some of these contracts—it's like it, it, they're just over the top. Eighteen million a year over three years. I mean, you know, 
you're talking about over $50 million that this kid's going to make. And by the time this contract is up, why would you even want to play again? I mean, after these exactly. next and risk they injury, don't. they right. don't, they don't, they really don't. I mean, you, you know, okay, I've got my money now. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't want to get out there and get, get seriously hurt to where I can't walk around. At, I think at you the saw a little 30. bit of that from Rashad Jones last year, you know? Right. Right. I mean, so, I mean, I, I, there's no solution to it because the contracts just keep getting higher and higher. And I, and again, I, I don't blame the players, but at the same token, you know, you, we, we, you've got to look at this and you've got to say, hey, you know, how much is enough? I mean, can you guys live off of $10 million a year over the next day? That's $30 million over the next three years. Yeah, but see, they're, they're looking at all the billions that the owners are taking in and they're saying, hey, well, you know, without us, you're nothing. So we want a part of that. You know, it, it both there's two hands in the pie, you know. So, I mean, they got to figure out a better way to do it where it's fair to everybody. I hate the fact that these, you know, fringe players, you know, make the bare minimum. Uh, and you got other guys that make more money than anybody on earth should honestly make. You know, it just, it just seems there's a very big imbalance in the way they pay the players. Exactly. And who, who eventually pays for being fans of this game. It's all of us. I mean, you can't sure. go to football games for, you know, me and me and my wife go to games. It, it's, you know, it's, it's a $500, five $600 day. Yeah. You know, if you want somewhat decent tickets, I mean, it, it's gotten to a point where it's, you know, it, it's just crazy and it's going to get worse. It's not going to get any better. I mean, there's going to come a point where you're not going to be able to find, you're not going to be able to go to a football game for less than $300 a ticket. It's that simple, you know. That's that's where that's where we're going. That's the direction we're going in, and um, you know, it's uh, direct TV and the, the TV contracts and so on and so forth. I mean, you know, it, it's costing you a ton of money just to watch it on foot, you know, on TV now as it well. Is. You know? It is. So, that's because that cornerback's making eighteen million dollars. You know? Exactly. There's guys all over the place making a ton of money, and. Um, you know, again, there's no, there's not going to be a solution to the problem. It's just the direction that we're going in, and yeah. um, you know, it is what it is. Yep. Well, Lou, with that, we're gonna we're gonna close the show. Jim couldn't make it tonight. He should be back next week. Okay. And uh, I want to thank everybody for listening, and of course, you for joining me. You're very welcome. Pleasure. And uh, until next week, fins up. Fins up, doll fans. All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the FinFans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. 